Unless you want to, it's the Ron and Don Show, starring Ron and Don, and sometimes me, at ronanddon.com. Hey, you guys, what's going on? It's episode 289 now of the Ron and Don Show, and we are live from the Les Schwab Studio. What is up, Ron and Don Nation? Hey, coming up on the Ron and Don Show, we're going to talk about wolves versus puppies, and also, how many pillows do doctors say you should actually sleep with? Pillows? Pillows? Those aren't pillows. Planes, trains, and automobiles. Thank you. Anyway... Before we get to that, though, let's get to this. There is a movie that I think is out in movie theaters, and I'm wondering if it's streaming yet, because I don't totally understand. I know that some of the services out there are releasing movies during COVID in the movie theater at the same time they're releasing them online. The movie is called Roadrunner. It's about Anthony Bourdain, who took his life back in 2018. And I think what's really interesting about this, they go back to when he wrote the book called Kitchen Confidential. When he wrote that book, he had never spent much time on the United States. Then in 2002, he started traveling. In 2002, he started to kind of remake himself. And as a result of that, not only did we find out he was a really great writer, but his curiosity took him to different places all around the world that a lot of us have never been. So then what did people do? They went out. They got the books. We watched the shows. People like, uh, or, or networks like CNN started competing for his services. And then we, I know people, and I think Ron has done this, where you're like, hey, I'm going on an Anthony Bourdain trip. This is how he visited China, or this is how he experienced Australia. And I want to go to some of the pl- same places that he went to when, uh, when he was in New York City. Anyway, uh, some of the concerns about this particular movie is you will hear Anthony Bourdain's voice in Roadrunner. You will also hear a lot of his friends talk about Anthony Bourdain and why he may have taken his life, why he committed suicide. What's interesting is some of the things that you hear in the movie, it's artificial intelligence. What they've done is they've taken things that Anthony Bourdain said. No, he didn't say them. They actually wrote them. But through artificial intelligence, you'll hear him say these things in the movie. What they don't do in the movie is point out what is artificial intelligence and what are clips of Anthony Bourdain when he really said these things about his daughter or when he really talked about being in love or when he really talked about suicide. Is this a slippery slope? Ron, what say you about artificial intelligence, Anthony Bourdain, and do you think it just makes the experience better? Um... I'm going to have to see it and maybe reserve judgment. Roger Ebert did the same thing, you know, in, in the way, because he lost his, uh, his ability to speak before he passed, and they did a documentary about his life. They're, the same technology that does Siri and Alexa and all of those things is they record all the different sounds that the human voice can make in whatever language it is, and then the com- computer basically stitches together those sounds into words. Uh, so, I mean, that it's not new technology. I think we all realize when uh, Siri is telling us to take a left at the next stoplight that it's not actually, there's not a person somewhere that is 
saying those words. She sounds us. like a robot to me, though. I, I, I'm interested in really listening to this because they said you will not be able to tell the difference of when Anthony Bourdain was speaking and when it's artificial intelligence. So to me, that is a little to me, that's a little different. I, I, I can see that. I, I think the, to me, the importance of this movie, if it can get there, is the overwhelming response to his death in my mind was a notion, a version of this. Oh my God, this guy had the most perfect career ever. He got to go to the best places, stay in the best venues, talk to the, the most interesting people, eat the finest food and drink, just be on a, an eternal vacation, so to speak. How, how could you kill? How could you take your own life if you're that guy? So that that was the, you know, after people were shocked and after people were sad, that was the notion that's out there in popular culture. If it can thread that needle and sort of put an answer to that, I think that's super interesting because that is the key to understanding or trying to understand depression and mental health because it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what your job is or how wealthy or famous you are or what food you get to eat uh, in the end. Um, that may or may not make you happy. And we've all seen the person that, like, like my, my mother, who, you know, obviously I love her because she's my mom, but you could give her a dilly bar from Dairy Queen and she's the happiest person on the planet. Um, she doesn't need, and then you could take her to a Michelin star restaurant and she'd be exactly the same amount of happiness she's not happier because it's fine dining uh they just had a birthday and i got him a gift card to uh outback steakhouse loved it (laughs) greatest greatest gift ever that is the greatest gift ever. and so my mom texted me from outback steakhouse of what a wonderful time her and my dad were having and thank you so much for the birthday gift card because they loved Outback Steakhouse Um, and nothing against Outback Steakhouse. My point is, is like, it's not tied to because they live in a, in a community where there there is a Ritz Carlton and there are five star resorts. And so that, that doesn't make her happier. Mm -hmm. She can just go to the regular beach. She'll have to be at the beach at the Ritz Carlton. Mm -hmm. Just walking on the beach makes her happy. Um, and so to, if we can get some insight into what that was about with Anthony Bourdain, I think that's very valuable because we've all, and I met Anthony Bourdain. Uh, I did an interview with him. It's on YouTube. If you just search for Ron and Don and Anthony Bourdain, it was me about 40 pounds heavier than I am right now. Uh, but interesting, like I enjoyed it. You could tell that there was this um, edge to him that was appealing, but then, then there's a dark side to that edge. Like he, he did have a, a grit and a point of view and a, and a heaviness under, underneath it. Yeah, all. it's interesting when they talk about this movie, uh, part of the movie when it opens up, he's giddy about trying heroin. He, like, he thinks he's wired for heroin, can't wait to take heroin, can't wait to go on that ride. And I thought it was interesting when he died, everybody thought he was on heroin. Everybody thought that he was drunk because we watched him and maybe there's some transfer addiction in there when he stopped doing heroin, but he kept drinking. I don't know. Uh, but there wasn't a drop in his system. I think what's interesting about this movie, though, is they talked to his former wife. 
as I talked to some of his very close friends, some of the chefs that he worked with, many of many of the his his friends and stars, uh, and and confidants that you saw on the show, it it seems like they 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 point to an episode of he saw his girlfriend in the arms of another man, and that was it. And and I don't know if that's fair to her to hang that on her, right? Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's fair. Uh, and so that's one of the things that people are talking about too when it comes to this movie, uh, Roadrunner. Anyway, I, w- I was kind of amazed how how his death kind of rocked me and and it rocked a lot of people. I was really surprised by that. And, and when you and I were working in News Talk, we, 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 we dealt with sharing stories of people that have committed suicide or taken their lives or uh, committed f- familiacide or something else. And it, 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 for whatever reason, in our 25 years of doing radio, it seems like th- there was a punch to the gut that a lot of us received with, with, with the death of, of Anthony there, Bourdain. There was a stretch there because it was Anthony Bourdain, Prince OD'd. Uh, I, my phone blew up on that day. Uh. Uh, then Tom Petty died relatively shortly after that as well. So like there was this season where it just seemed Chris like Cornell and Chris Cornell. Yeah. Yeah. So there was a season where it just seemed to be prevalent. Yeah. We'll see you on the other side of this. I would definitely recommend working with Ron and Don. Completely satisfied. 100% guaranteed. <laughs> if you're downsizing, upsizing, or right-sizing, Ron and Don can help you buy, sell, or invest in real estate. It all starts with a Ron and Don sit-down. Hi, my name is uh, Anthony Kroll. Hi, I'm Gretchen. And I'm Byron. Hi, I'm Oli. Hi, I'm Emmy. We are Team Greenland, and we sat down, down with Ron, Ron and, and Don. Don. <laughs> oh my gosh. I mean, we talked about pricing. We talked about staging. We talked about location, about what the market was like. He gave us so much information. We would have a game plan and there'd be a team helping us and we went for it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Thanks to Ron and Don, we got the house of our dreams under asking price, which just does not happen in this market. And we could not be happier. And we wouldn't have been able to be where we're at in terms of buying and renovating a house without his expertise and support. Uh, we got an offer, I think day one, that was twenty-five to 50000 over asking. I'm like telling my wife, don't you think we should take this? And she's like, no, we're sticking to this. We're going to wait till that offer review, review date, like Ron and Don said, waited till offer review date. And we had like seven or eight more offers and an offer a hundred thousand over asking. With Ron and Don, you get two great minds that perfectly complement each other. You get the data and analytics, you get the creativity, the drive, and the energy. They are they are the complete package. If someone asked me, in fact, someone did ask me uh, recently how we sold our house so fast, and I said, well, we had a great realtor team. And that makes all the difference. Don't forget, when you're ready to sit down and start your real estate journey, schedule your time with the guys at runanddonsitdown.com. You're listening to your old friends, Ron and Don, on the Ron and Don Radio Network, man. (laughs) 
All right, you guys, welcome back to episode 289. We're live from the Les Schwab Studios. Thanks for supporting Les Schwab. We really appreciate that. Uh, it is the summer driving season, and I stopped by a Les Schwab Tire Center the other day because one of my tires was leaking. Guess what? They went ahead, they pulled out the nail. I was on a construction site, and uh, they patched it up. They didn't know that I did commercials for them. They just knew I was a guy who stopped by, uh, and they sent me on the, my way, and they charged me absolutely nothing. And I bet you have a story about stop by at the Les Schwab Tower Center, too. 85 locations to serve you. Stop by today, and again, thanks for supporting them, and thanks to uh, everybody at Les Schwab for supporting uh, the Ron and Don And if show. you need some nails and screws that are all bent up in your driveway, Don's your guy. Yeah, I'm your guy. Hey, uh, wolves versus dogs. What's going on here? There's a, a really interesting study. At least I found it interesting. Uh, you know I'm a dog guy, and like I get along great with your dog. Most dogs, it seems like I get along pretty great with. So some scientists were like, is our, our dog like we everybody knows dogs are descendants of wolves or at least i hope everybody knows that and so they were wondering if it's like genetic at this point uh if you took could you take like a wolf puppy raise it like we raise a dog and it would respond in the same way that a puppy responds so or Wait, are puppies you, fundamentally different oh. than wolves so it's like okay, if you if a wolf is born out in the wild, it be, it, it displays all the wolf tendencies. It's doing wolf stuff. And so, but it, let's say we took the puppy on day one, the pup, a wolf pup, and we raise it right next to a regular pup. Um, will they have the same capabilities? Uh, and will they be basically will will it emerge more as like a domesticated dog? Will it be able to have the skill set of a dog? And so that was the the thing they were trying to. And test. then what if you took a wolf man? And you raise them with the puppy and the wolf. What would happen then? I think that's a Michael J. Fox movie from <laughs> 25 years ago. Or Wolfman Jack. So, um, so they, they did this. They, they took an equal number of wolf pups and regular puppies. And they raised them simultaneously. So they were born at the same time. And they tried to test these animals to see what abilities they had and what displayed. It's so like one of the tests, for instance, is if you have a puppy... And you point to the food bowl. A human being points to the food bowl. Then puppies, when they're very, very young, understand that gesture. They realize this creature, the human being, wants me to direct my attention where they're pointing. And so they can they have they have that skill from almost day one. The wolf pups had no idea what that meant. They didn't understand the gesture. They weren't attached to the gesture in any way. They weren't able to key in on that. And they did other things like recognizing voice tone or human emotion. Like you can be angry. You can be happy. The voice pitch. You know, like if you talk to your dog in a really high voice, they react differently. And so the wolves do not have this skill set. And so the the thrust of the story is basically over the, whatever it's been, the 10,000 years, they think, around that time that human beings have been domesticating dogs, that we've been consciously or unconsciously selecting for these characteristics where now domesticated dogs have a innate, it's born into them, a genetic understanding of their connection with humanity, hmm. which, which I find really endearing in a way. Like that, for whatever reason, that's comforting to me to to know that we have been able to. Because you always th you you think about dogs, or I think about dogs, and it's like, 
okay, the, like not, my my cynical side is like, okay, ninety five percent of this is because I'm giving him food. Like, if I didn't give them food, like this isn't real affection in a human way. And this isn't real excitement in a human way, but we personify it. Charlie showed you excitement. He saw you today and you didn't give him any food. I know. So, but that's what I'm saying. It's like, that's when I'm being cynical. When I'm not being cynical, it's like, okay, this is a creature that has a mind and they're choosing. They're not the same level of affection with every human being. And so they're choosing that. But so to know that it's been now to such a degree in the same way that like when a, a, deer has a doe it knows to get up and walk like it knows what to do right out of the right on the day it's born you know it's like oh i get up that's my mom let's go and like it it just already knows it's like built in i know what to do take a poop go to sleep see you on the other side of this Hi everyone, my name is Therese and I am a new team member with Ron and Don. When you're ready to buy a new home, I am a buyer specialist. Just reach out and we will send a buyer's playbook that the guys wrote just for you. Go to ronanddonsitdown.com. All right, you guys, welcome back to the Ron and Don Show. We're going to talk about uh, sleeping and sleeping not with wolves, but with pillows. Before we get to that though, five closings in five days last week. That's crazy, right? It, it is crazy. And just wanted to thank everybody that's trusted us with their real estate journeys. And um, I, I looked up, uh, believe it or not, right now in America, there are more realtors than there are homes for sale. Uh, many people look at the profession that Don and I do now and they go, that's easy money. They pull out Zillow and they're like, wow, I should do this. Like sell a couple of these $2 million houses. I'm set for the year. That's more money than I make right now at my day job. So they think it's a, it's an easy way to make fast money. Uh, but when you dig down in the statistics, um, the average for a realtor in America is touching six sides of, of, of a sale and six sides of a listing. That's the average. And so for, for per year, so um, that seems high to me. It does seem high. Yeah. Cause I, I, I know so many realtors that just, they have their license and in case they want to buy a house or sell a house or a friend wants to, and, and, and they do two deals a year. So I don't, I, 12 deals a year on average. It seems very, very high. It seems high. So if it is high, maybe it is, maybe I misread the stat, but the takeaway for me was for Ron and Don to do five in five days. Seemed like a lot. Yeah, so, five, so closing, five closings in five days. So we appreciate that. And also what we've learned about this job is uh, people that really do it, that are in it, especially a lot of the great realtors in our office, and especially some of the older women in our office, just, they've been doing this 30, 35 years, and they are, they are just amazing. Uh, but it's a job, and it's seven days a week. And as they say, it'll take up as much time as you give it. And also you're, you're dealing with people like we have – a uh, young woman right now who's a nurse and her mom is in memory care. Uh, her dad is older and she's at a point in her life where she's going to move back in with her parents and take care of her parents. She's a nurse. And she's like, you know what? I'm, I'm, they took care of me. I'm going to go take care of them. And she's like, here's the keys to my house. It needs a lot of work and I don't have the time so I can pay for it. 
But do you guys know people that can come in and fix the deck? Do you guys know people can come in and fix the roof? Do you guys people know come in and paint the house inside and out? The house needs brand new windows, brand new slider doors, needs a brand new kitchen, needs ba- brand new bathroom, brand new lighting, brand new carpet, brand new flooring, uh, brand new landscape, brand new driveway. Um, and we do. And, it, and it's fun. And I enjoy when somebody hands me the keys and says, hey, Let's see what you can do with this thing. And it's it's like doing an HG television show right now. We're doing a number of those. We've done lots of those this year. And then you'll meet other people who who want to be part of the process. Like they're pretty handy. And they're like, you know what? I'm going to fix the toilet. Or uh, I'm going to go ahead and help. Uh, I don't think we have to pull the carpet out here. Maybe what we can do is stretch the carpet. Uh, or maybe what I can do is I can fix the deck myself. So there's a lot of people that like to do that. And then there's some there's, there's some people that are just, their house is turnkey and, and it's ready to sell. What people don't know though is in any transaction, there's about 25 people that touch that transaction and there's about 25 people that have to get paid. And on top of that, the United States government has to get paid. So people will see these really large commissions in these percentages and what they don't understand is when you're running a business and you're paying for your own health care uh, and there's no backstop. Uh, there's many times where you get paid and then maybe you don't get paid for another three months. So I would just encourage people out there, if you're thinking about becoming a realtor, uh, you really have to look at it as a full-time job, not a part-time job, and join a team somewhere. Um, Keller Williams, for instance, they do a good job of recruiting people and having them a part of teams. I know a young lady right now is a good friend of mine, and she's thinking about becoming a realtor. I'm like, you should go join a Keller Williams team. Um, and we're putting a team together right now at Windermere, our own team. So if you want to come join our team, uh, bring some snacks. All right. Anyway. Hey, before we get out of here, uh, question, how many pillows do you, do you sleep with at night? I, well, I have four pillows on my bed. I'm, I'm a single man. So, uh, I have a queen size bed with two pillows on each side. And I saw the story that you said that they're science when, I don't believe that there's really scientists that did a long longitudinal double blind study on pillows. Maybe there is, but it's probably some sleep company that did this, but it was interesting. They're saying that you should use four pillows. Oh, and that's interesting. You read the story and I already had four pillows. You have four pillows, but I don't use all four. Every I have night. six pillows. Actually, I have eight pillows and I take two of the pillows off and then I'm down to six. And I sleep so with all six pillows. I it, One of them, they say, is to, you should put under your knees. But I have an adjustable mattress, so I have my knees already pre-elevated. Oh. So I don't need a pillow there. Yeah. Uh, and then I do... Th- they had one where they said to put it... But like, you can... If you sleep on your side... To have the cuddle pillow mm. as if you're holding someone. I do do that. I do too, yeah. And then they said, put one behind your back for like some sort of rollover support, which I don't, I don't believe in that pillow hmm. and the one under your elbow. I'm not, I'm yeah. not going to sleep can that way. Can you sleep on your back or can you sleep on your front? I cannot sleep on my front. People that do that are weird. Yeah. My, Absolutely my arm, I, I sleep weirdos. on my arm and I wake up and my arm is tingly and asleep. And then if I sleep on my back, I can't, I, I'll, I will wake myself up sometimes with my own snoring if I'm on my back. But if I sleep on, on either side, the thing is, though, like it's weird. Like I'll be sleeping on one side and then to get to the other side, I jump up, I launch in the air and I, tr- I don't roll over. I just I spin in the air. Uh, it's like a circus at my house when, when I'm 
when I'm. I, I, I feel see bad. I feel I feel bad for my son because one night a week because he I have this great king size bed. This 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 is the most money that I've ever spent on anything. Maybe even a car. It's a great great bed. I love this bed. It's, it was ridiculously expensive. I bought it a number of years ago. But I, I had read how much time we spend in bed, and I'm so glad that I, that I bought this bed because I've had sleep issues. And I sleep much better in this bed. So one, one time a week, he's allowed to come in with Charlie. And Charlie's not allowed on my bed unless, unless Gunner's there. And then uh, and they're allowed to come in one time a week. So, so last night they did that. We watched a movie, and they came in. And it's just very funny. <laughs> and I feel bad. Because I will do one of those, you know, three in the morning launches and I would just scare the hell out of Charlie, scare the hell out of my son. At the same time, it's like, hey, I'm captain of this ship. You decided to come in here and and you're just going to have to put up with the fact that I do these self launches in, in, in the middle of the night. It may be one of the reasons why I've really struggled to have a have a have a girlfriend. That's probably true. <laughs> I think that's probably true. <laughs> anyway, hey, you guys, thank you. Thanks for listening to episode 289. Don't forget, if you need us, just reach out. I'm Don O'Neill 34 on Instagram. Ron is Ron Upshaw. And you can also find us uh, on our Facebook channels. You want to sit down with us? Let's do it. Ronanddownsitdown.com or go to ronanddown.com. We're doing sit-downs. In fact, uh, we have four openings this week. If you want to sit down with us, let's do it. And we'll talk about your real estate journey because as we head into the fall, yeah, that's when real estate really begins to take off again in the great specific Northwest. Keep your head up. Keep your shoulders back. And uh, we'll see you next time right here. Only on the Ron and Don Radio Network. Keep your head up and your shoulders back. And we'll see you next time on the Ron and Don Radio Network.